Worshippers in the house. I know this week has been long, but God has been good. He's been too good. He's been too great. Psalms 103 verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Come with us as we celebrate and sing our congregational hymn. Praise him. Praise him.
praise him. Before we start our scripture lesson, if you're in our chat room, if you can drop where you're watching from, your city and your state, so we can see where you are watching from. Our scripture lesson this morning will come from Psalm 91, verses 9 through 16, the New King James Version, what I will be reading from. Psalms, Psalm 91, verses 9 through 16. And it reads, Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, your, and the young lion and the serpent, you shall, trump, you shall trample upon foot, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will, do, I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let us go there to God in prayer. Eternal God, our Father, we love you and we thank you. We give you honor this morning and thank you for everything that you do for us. God, thank you for keeping us. Thank you for holding us. Thank you for loving us. God, thank you for being the greatest part of our lives. God, we honor you today, not with just our lips, but we turn our hearts towards you. God, we open our, our, our mouths as we worship. We open our ears as we listen. Because, God, you are the author and the finisher of our faith. And because of that, your name shall be praised. We ask you that you have your way in this service. Do whatever you need to do and move whatever you need to move out of the way so that you will get the glory, the honor, and the praise. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord.
man, forgive me for getting my mic ready there, man. Who are we lifting up this morning? I hope you guys know after that last song, amen. Lifting up Jesus, we are lifting up the name above all names, the Lord that is worthy of all of our praise. No matter what we do, no matter what was going on in our lives, he is deserving of everything because of who he is for us, amen. Thank you guys for that reminder this morning. Thank you for that. Man, this, this morning, uh, we're, we're, we're gonna get back to the armor of God. Uh, for our children and youth um, as uh, I bring uh, this impact moment, the message um, for our kids and for the kids at heart. Uh, so my name is Reverend Peyton C. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, and uh, I'm excited to uh, get back at this Armor of God series and what it will mean for us. Um, and today will be our shield of faith uh, that comes to us. And uh, I wanna uh, say hi to all the kids that are watching right now too as we head into this uh, next segment for those that are here in person with us as well. Um, thank you guys. Thank you all for being here. Uh, the title of this morning's message is this. I think you guys will like this, uh, this illustration this morning. A force field of faith. A force field of faith is the title. Our memory verse comes from Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 16. And I'll be reading from the New International Version, guys, which says this. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And then the bottom line or the main point that I want us to get from today's message is this, be strong, God is our shield. Again, be strong, God is our shield. How are you doing that? I don't know, Violet said to her brother Dash, surprised at what she was doing. Well, Dash turned back to Violet and he says, whatever you're doing, don't stop. If it took you a minute to pick up on those two names that I mentioned, Dash and Violet, well, these are characters from Disney or Pixar's The Incredibles. Now, in this scene from The Incredibles, here we have Violet and Dash, part of a superhero family who both have their different powers that make them unique that make them who they are. Now, several scenes earlier, before these two are fighting for their lives against enemy soldiers as they are in search for their father, these, these two are riding on a plane with their mom and the mom had asked Violet. Now, Violet is the sister in the family and Violet is one that is very powerful, but she's very, very shy. She often even doubts herself and doubts her powers and her ability to use them. And now her powers are, are this, she's able to disappear, she's able to become invisible, and she's also able to um, be, be able to cause force fields at different times. Now, the mom had asked her to perform a force field several scenes before Dash and Violet are fighting in the jungle, and Violet uses a force field for the very first time. She uses the force field and she blocks the incoming, incoming shots that are coming at her brother and she saves his life in one split second. Now, several scenes earlier, she didn't have that ability. She had doubted, she was scared. She didn't know the power that she had. Scared and apologizing to her mom, she said, mom, I don't know what happened. I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't bring on the force field. And the mom had told her, Violet, you have more power than you realize. She said, don't think, don't worry. And when the next time comes, you'll be ready. It's in your blood. And I love what the mom says here. 
Because for me, after what the mom says, Violet is instantly encouraged. And I think we all would be right after hearing something like that from our mom. Violet takes the mask that she has and she puts it on. And it's like in that moment, she's ready. She's ready for whatever comes next. And she was because she saved her brother. Well, you might be thinking, what on earth do the Incredibles have to do with the shield of faith, with our faith in God? Well, guys, man, we have an identity too. The identity that Violet realized that she was now confident in, we also have an identity. And that is as children of God, we too are more powerful than we realize. Because guys, as children of God, we have the ability to create our own force field or a shield of faith, a shield of faith. And that's where our bottom line, our main point that I want us to get is encouragement as if from the mom to Violet, from me to you guys, for all of us, be strong. God is our shield. Now, the, one of the first things that I noticed, guys, about this verse from Ephesians is that this faith that we have, it's, it's different from Violet's, right? You see, Violet has this faith in herself that she has the ability to cause this force field. Well, guys, our faith is not in our own ability. Our faith is not, is not even what creates the shield, but our faith, it's, the shield is who the faith is in. And who the faith is in is God. The faith is in the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. It's in the God who saves and the one who saves us through Jesus Christ. And man, we believe in that. We believe in Jesus. We believe in his sacrifice and we believe that he was the most powerful one to ever live because he rose from the grave, which no one had ever done. Now guys, with, with faith, when we believe, when we say this word faith, it means that we trust that God will keep us, that he will keep us in his care, that he will watch over us every single day. Doesn't matter what we go through in life, we trust that God will keep us and that he will take care of us. Now, I want you guys to know what Paul's talking about because Paul is the one that's writing this letter to the Ephesians. And what Paul is referring to, guys, where he gets this term, a shield of faith, he's looking back on his own Bible. And Paul looks in there and he sees that those who love God will be watched over. They will be kept as like a shield. He sees that if we trust in and if we follow the way of Jesus, we'll be blessed in it and we'll be surrounded with God's favor like a shield. And then he sees that a shield is God, those who look to him in good times and bad, he is our refuge, he is our shield from everything that we encounter. And so guys, when we, when we see this word, when we, when we see this, this shield, this term that Paul is talking about, then see what that verse says. It, it, Paul encourages us to take up this shield. And when I hear take up, it's like, all right, guys, get ready to go. We have to be ready, we have to take action because man, Guys, let me tell you this, and I know many of the people in this room will, attest, will testify to this, is that the closer we get to God, the more Satan will have a target on our back. Amen. The closer we get to God, the more Satan and the devil will be trying to cause us to fall. And it's, man, I believe that God doesn't give us a faith that's passive, that says, man, we won't do anything, that we'll just stand there and that we'll take it. 
But no, man, this shield gives us the ability to go into the thick of battle against Satan. We take up the shield of faith every day. We wake up in the morning, we get on our knees, we pray to God and we thank him that he has saved us. We thank him for keeping us. We thank him for putting clothes on our back. We thank him for the different things that he has given us and we thank him for being able to help us with any new challenges that we face in the day to day. Guys, we can take that fight to Satan. So man, the closer we get to God, the more targets, but man, with this shield of faith, we have something powerful. And guys, I wanna close with this, man, when we believe that God is for us, man, this last part of the verse says this, this shield of faith will help us be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, what does this mean? Like, because, you know, we don't have flaming arrows, you know, flying around at us, you know, in, in the day in and day out, right? We don't have these arrows coming at us, literally. But what these means, what I think these arrows are for us guys, is have you ever felt doubt? Have you ever felt shame? Have you ever felt attacked for who you are as a child of God? Have you ever felt temptation? Have you ever felt sickness, disease, suffering? Have you ever felt these things? Because these are all arrows that Satan tries to shoot our way. But with arrows of doubt, let me tell you what the shield of faith does. The shield of faith gives us the ability to say, man, despite these doubts, I wanna seek God more. I want a deeper faith to know you, God. And these doubts that we have, man, we're led to even have a deeper faith because of who God is, because God is there for us. And when we call on him, we say that we have faith and we will bring our doubts to the Lord. Well, let me tell you about these arrows of shame, these arrows of shame and attacks on who we are. You see, Satan will try to put us to shame and will try to say that you were not good enough, that you were not worthy, that you were not a child of God. But the shield of faith says, man, the more that you know God, the more you know about yourself, the more that you know that you are his, that you are special, that you are valuable, that you are his possession. Well, what about arrows of temptation? Arrows of temptation, they have no place with the shield of faith because the shield of faith says, man, I stand on the word of God. And no matter what temptation comes my way, I will go forth in battle with the shield of faith that says, man, I will look to God and I will believe that he is so much more than anything that Satan can tempt me with. So you know what, Satan? You have no power here because I have the shield of faith. And then the last one, guys, man, Satan tries to get us with arrows of suffering, with arrows of sickness, arrows of disease. He tries to think, man, I'm gonna make this life so miserable for you, you're gonna be crying out for God. But you know what we say with our shield of faith and our trust in God, that no matter what comes our way in life, this earth, it will pass away. This earth is temporary. We know that our hope and our place is in heaven and Satan can't take that away. No matter what he does to us, guys, if we believe in Jesus, if we believe that he's saved us from our sins, I mean, our hope has a heavenly reward. So guys, stand strong with that shield of faith because it gives us the ability to conquer everything. Be strong. God is our shield. Amen. Thank you, guys. Come on, let's give God some praise for that wonderful, wonderful message. Oh, man, man, you helped me today. Did he help anybody else? You helped me today. 
I want you to know that, and I want you to just thank God for this awesome, awesome youth pastor. Would you help me thank the Lord for him? Kate and C, you the dude. Yeah, amen, amen. I'm so thankful, I'm so thankful, so thankful to see each and every one of you this morning. I just want to say to those of you who are watching us um, via um, live stream, um, as you are engaging with us in worship today, let us know um, who you are sharing this experience with. If you share with friends using Zoom or another video chat tool, let us know that as well. Then take a quick selfie of where you're watching in front of the screen and post on any of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and use the hashtag St. Paul Online or St. Paul Baptist NC. Share those pictures now or right after our worship service is over. And if this is your first time engaging with us during St. Paul Online, post first time and our share with our first time visitors link to either join us in a private Facebook group or to fill out a form so we can share with you on our digital welcome packet. Amen, everybody. Let's give God some praise for all of that. We really want to engage individuals who are watching us today. But I do have a few observations that I want to share with you today. I'm not going to be before you long, but I want to um, say that we are starting a new iConnect group study series here at St. Paul, and it's called Sermon Conversations. We are hosting five small groups organized by life stages, scheduled during our various times on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. There's even an intergenerational group. Each week we will take the completed transcript of the sermon delivered by our senior pastor and we will discuss and work out how to live out the key points revealed during the message. Have you ever just wanted to take that message and really try to make sure that you are living out the words that are attached to that message? Well, you're gonna get that opportunity now. So you can register today on our church webpage or through links shared on Facebook or on our main church page. Also, if you are in the church database, we will send out an email today with the registration links included inside. If you need assistance on registration or need to ask additional questions, contact Reverend Brenda Richardson at brigerson at spbcnc.org or call the church office. Put your hands together for that because that's going to be a life-changing experience. Sermon Conversations. TNT online Thursday, October the 21st, Thursday noon and Thursday night teaching. Teaching is fully back in gear at 12 and 7 p.m. Join us online as we continue a study series on the letter of James. You can join the study online via Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, or our church website or through our phone line streaming number. Brothers and sisters, something exciting is getting ready to happen. I don't know if you know, but guess what? On Sunday, October the 24th, we will celebrate the fifth year anniversary of our senior pastor, Reverend Dr. Robert C. Scott. That's right, come on, let's give God some praise. 
Five years he's been with us. Five years he has preached in this pulpit. Five years he's been with us in service, and we are excited about it. So on that Sunday, our guest preacher will be the Reverend Dr. Stephen Blunt, the senior pastor of First Baptist Church, um, Macon Street in Suffolk, Virginia. We are excited about it. Come on one more time. Let's give God some praise for our senior pastor. Five years, five years, October the 24th. We're excited about that, and we invite all of you to join along with us as we celebrate five years. Kaya returns on Wednesday, October the 27th. Join in on the conversation for this month's Kaya Charlotte experience. Wednesday, October the 27th at 7 o'clock p.m., we will present an engaging panel discussion called Brother to Brother, an intergenerational conversation, and it will be hosted by none other than Minister Jeffrey Stevenson. Mark your calendar and join in on the conversation on Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, phone live stream, or our church website. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a wonderful conversation, and we invite all of you to join us that day. I want to let you know that College T-Shirt Recognition Sunday is going to be the fifth Sunday in this month, October 31st. On the last Sunday of this month, we will bring back College T-Shirt Recognition Sunday. So for those who register to attend in worship or participate in our virtual congregation, come wearing your favorite college paraphernalia. Amen. If you've been to college, Bring your paraphernalia that particular Sunday. Sunday Morning Live for Kids and Teens. Join us for Sunday Morning Live Kids and Teens today at 2 o'clock p.m. at our Zoom link. Sunday Morning Live Kids and Teens is our Sunday school program for our children between the ages of 12 to 18. All classes are virtual. So get your iPad, your computers, your smartphones, and get ready to join us each week for an exciting study of God's word and a building up of our kids and teens community. Individual links can be found in our post on Facebook, or you can email brichardson at spbcnc.org if you'd like to teach these age groups. Let me say that one more time. If you would like to teach these age groups, also contact Reverend Richardson. Your help really is needed. Amen. Put your hands together for that because that is a needed, needed area. We need to keep talking to our kids. We need to keep giving them the words that will help them to grow and develop into the people that God will have them to be. So if you have that gift you think that you have that gift? Call Reverend Richardson. She will gladly help you with this. Thankful Thursday is coming up in November. Um, our guest preachers that month are um, Bishop Joseph Walker III, Reverend Dr. Willie Francois III, Reverend Dr. Daniel Brown. They will be here November the 4th, 11th, and 18th. November is an exciting time. So on, on November 4th, our guest preacher will be Reverend Dr. Willie Francois, the senior pastor of the Mount Zion Baptist Church of Pleasantville, New Jersey. November the 11th, our guest preacher will be Bishop Joseph Walker III, the senior pastor of Mount Zion Baptist Church in Nashville, Tennessee. 
And on November 18th, our guest preacher will be Reverend Dr. Daniel Brown, the senior pastor-elect of Shiloh Baptist Church in Plainfield, New Jersey. Each service will start at 7 o'clock p.m. You can join in person, online, our phone live stream, or through our Zoom virtual congregation. Put your hands together for our thankful Thursday worship experiences. They have always been such a great, great time for us to come together in November and be thankful for what God has been doing for us all year. We ask that everyone who desires to attend our in-person worship that you register online. Registration is now open for next Sunday. If you have your phones open while viewing us on TV or, or your computer, you can scan the QR code shown on the screen. You can also click on the link that our digital ministers are sharing in the chat box. When you register online, you will be asked to complete a pre-screening health questionnaire. If we have visitors who do not register in advance, we will require that they register on site. We want to be able to, to provide necessary contact tracing if it becomes necessary. We are strongly recommending that everybody is vaccinated. Oh my God, we are strongly, we are not mandating it, but we are strongly encouraging everyone to be fully vaccinated, amen? Come on, let's give God some praise for all of all of our observations this morning. These are helpful this is helpful information for us as we go through our week, our month, and our year. Amen. Amen. Well, we are steadily moving to our intercessory prayer time, and we have to pray for some of our disciples and for some of those our individuals who worship with us in our community. We want you to know about the family of Brother Bruce Roderick Gordon, who is the twin brother of Sister Brenda Irwin. Now y'all, I just found that out. I had no idea that Brenda Irwin had a twin brother, but he transitioned this week. So we wanna keep her in our prayers and um, her sister, Dorothy Patterson, his memorial service will be held this coming Saturday, October 23rd. It will be held at Park Road Baptist Church. The visitation will take place at 10.30 a.m. and the service will be held at 11 o'clock a.m. We want you to also keep in prayer the family of Sister Hattie Murphy. She is the sister of Sister Ernestine Harris and Sister Clara Robinson. Her services are pending at this time. Also keep in prayer her niece, Sister Linda Springs, keep all of them in your prayers. We also want to acknowledge some of our other bereaved families, the family of Sister Charlene Gant. She is the sister of Brother Leroy Gant. Her graveside service was held yesterday at White Oak Spring Church in Shelby, North Carolina. Um, also, the sister-in-law, Reverend Annie Gant. We also want you to keep in your prayers the family of Brother Eric Dees II the son of Sister Alethea Barnett, grandson of Deacon Angela and Brother Harry McDonald. His services were held this past Tuesday here at St. Paul. And brothers and sisters, you all probably heard about Little Miss, they called her princess yesterday, on Friday, I'm sorry, Miss Ziana Pfeiffer. She is the daughter of Brother Juan Mason and Sister Keisha Pfeiffer, 
Her services were held here at St. Paul on Friday. We also want you to keep in your prayers the family of Brother Bobby Martin, Sr. He is the father of Brother Patrick Jones, Sr. His service was held yesterday at Greenville Memorial AME Zion Church. The daughter-in-law, Sister Val Jones, granddaughter Charlene Jones, and grandson Patrick Jones, Jr. Please, brothers and sisters, keep those individuals in your prayers. And I'm going to tell you something. This is a different kind of week. I don't think anybody really can get it in their minds to understand saying goodbye to an 11-year-old, saying goodbye to a 19-year-old young man in college making his way. If you don't do anything else today, get on your knees. I want you to pray today for these families, these mamas, it was hard to hear the screams. And those of you who were here know the screams of these mamas coming in here saying goodbye to their children. That was a radical reversal. Children are supposed to bury their parents. Parents are not supposed to bury their children. So it was difficult. I have names of mental health counselors that I have already shared with some of the individuals who came to these funerals. I say to you, if you want to talk to somebody, you want to get it out, give me a call. call give me a call any day, any day, and I'll give you the name of somebody that you can talk to. Amen. I know we're going to pray. I know that's, that's a given. We should all always pray and not faint. But brothers and sisters, sometimes we need a little bit more. We need to talk to somebody. We need to get it out. We need to talk to a counselor, a therapeutic counselor who can help you to process the pain that you're feeling. So I'm saying to you, if you need to talk to somebody, I have the names for you. Amen. Minister Ben is going to come now and he's going to pray for us. He's going to pray our intercessory prayer. Amen. Pray. Hallelujah. Precious Heavenly Father, we come to you, God, humbly saying thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But God, we also are coming to you to ask you that you just cover the family members that have suffered a deep loss especially this week. Their hearts are plagued with pain, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So we ask you that you be their comforter. Yes. As you have promised us. Yes. Yes. Father God, as they navigate through this pain, we ask you that you hold their hand. Hold their hand. Yes. Let your presence be known. Yes, Lord. And those that are in the hospital and body wrapped with pain, we pray for healing. We pray for supernatural power to touch their body because we know the blood works. We plead the blood of Jesus over their bodies, over their situation. God, we come to you 
because you are our Father. Yes. We look to you because you are our Redeemer. Yes. We look to you because you are our Restorator. God, thank you for being everything we need when we cannot even speak out of our mouths what we want or need. Thank you, Lord. And when the moans and groans are the Hallelujah. only thing that come out, yes. Holy Spirit, thank you for your intercession. Yes. Today, we ask you for your a double portion of your spirit yes. for the families yes. that are going through. Yes. That you be with them. Yes, Lord. Help them navigate. Yes. Help them be strong. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, everybody. Come on. What this is, is a signifying to those who are grieving right now that we're going to walk right by your side. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, minister. Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Lord. It's giving time. Come on, put a great big smile on your face. It's giving time. This is the blessed opportunity within our worship experience where we give back to God that which he has blessed us with. Anybody out there feel blessed today? Oh, come on. Come on, I see the hands. Anybody feel blessed? I know you feel blessed because you can wave your hands. Oh, come on. If you can move your legs, you are blessed. If you can see me, you, can, you are blessed today. If you can move your lips, you are blessed today. God is a good God. God is good to us. He's better to us than we even to ourselves. When I think about how good God is to me, I want to bring back a tenth of my earnings to him. It is just my celebration. My celebration to him for keeping food on my table, clothes on my back. Thank you, Lord. Every time I get in my car, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every time I lay down in my bed and I pull my covers up over my head, God, I thank you for a house to walk into. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for shelter. Thank you for clothing. Thank you, Lord, for the ability to move about. Come on. You ought to thank him. If it had not been for the Lord on our side, we don't know where we would be. We don't know where we'll be. Come on. We ought to thank him. 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 has done in your life hallelujah at the giving time this ought to be a worshipful time when you think about how good God is Say 
coming here to give back to God that which he has blessed me with. I'm blessed. I'm blessed and you're blessed. There are three ways that you can give. Hey, our church office is closed to public access, but we do hold limited office hours for those who desire to come here and drop off your tithes and offerings. Although the safest way to handle your envelopes is through the United States Postal Service. You can mail it in. You can mail in your tithes and offers to St. Paul Baptist Church, 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 205. Oh, hallelujah. You can also go to our website. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to our website. You can also give your offering to Givelify. The digital ministers will drop a link to the Givelify giving platform. That is the way that I'm giving today. Whichever way you're giving, I want you to hold that offering up. If you have your offerings today, hold it up. Father, it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we come before you. We thank you, Father, for the ability to give. God, you blessed us. We know we're blessed. Oh, God, we don't have everything we want, but we certainly have everything that we need. Thank you, Father for food on our tables. Thank you, Father, for clothes on our backs. Thank you, Father, for a roof over our head. Thank you, Father, for a job to go to each and every day. Father, we say thank you. Thank you because you've given back to us or given to us everything that we need. We love you. We love you, Father. We love you. And we give our offering today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Those of you who want to give, there are offering baskets in front of you. If you want to drop your offerings in that basket, those of you who are giving through Givelify, you can go now, right now, go ahead and give through Givelify. To God we give the glory. Can I get um, Sister Gwen to come up here very quickly? Sometimes I can get ahead of myself. <laughs> she needs some mic there. Dead. Oh, it's not dead. Okay. Good morning, everyone. How are you? It's good to see you. It's good to be in church today to come together and praise and worship God. Next Sunday is Pastor Scott's fifth anniversary. And so my purpose is to let you know that if you want to give uh, in honor of his anniversary, whether it's a card, whether it's money you want to give, um, that would be greatly appreciated. Not expected, but it's for you if you want to celebrate him. If you want to give by uh, putting money in a basket, Jerry will um, have will come up front and you can drop cash in that way. Or if you want to give through Givelify, there's a, a special section that says offer pastor special days. You can do that as well. The main thing is just make sure you tell him thank you. 
and that we appreciate him being here and that if you want to give a gift, it is appreciated, not expected, and it will be greatly thankful. He will thank you, I'm sure. Take care. Amen. Let us give. standing here for pastor's love gifts. Jerry's going to come now. If you all want to come now and bring your gift. Okay, um, and he said, um, if you raise your hand, they will actually come to you if you want to give that way. If you don't want to come and drop it in the basket, if you raise your hand, they will come to you. I see hands being
building today? I said, is there any worshipers in the building today? I didn't say if there was any praisers in the building. I said, is there any worshipers in the building? Because see what praise says is only a response to the favor of God. Worship says, even if you give me no faith, that I'm going to worship you just because you are God and God alone. Are there any worshipers in the building today? Give God worship right now, right where you're at, for who he is. He's worthy. God is 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 worthy. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am excited to be able to come before you today. I am Minister Jeffrey Stevenson. Somebody said I remember him because he's crazy. He'd be up there on Sunday mornings doing that call to worship stuff. So, but yes, that's who I am. Uh, but it is a blessing to be able to come before you today. And as one, I do not take lightly. First of all, I want to give an honor to God who is the author and finisher of our faith. It is God who has seen us throughout this week. It is God who has carried these families, who have buried these, these young loved ones throughout this week. It is God who sees us at our highest highs, but it is God who carries us through our lowest lows. And I don't know what you've been through this week, but I do know that God is still a God who's able. Is there anybody excited to know that we serve a God who is still able no matter what it looks like in the face of sometimes what seems defeat we cry out in the middle of the night but God is still able to our pastor in his his absence I would like to thank him for giving me this opportunity to be able to come into his pulpit it is something as I said that I do not take lightly because anytime you are asked to stand behind a pulpit, it's, you're preaching to more than any one person than I ever deserve to preach to. And so it's one I don't take lightly. So I thank him for the opportunity. To the preachers who are in the building and those who have reached out, I want to say thank you. You know, a lot of times as ministers, what you don't understand is that you walk this road alone. But I thank God that he gave me and I just call him the squad. So I just thank God for the squad this morning. And I also want to thank God for you, St. Paul. Me and my family have been at St. Paul for right at 10 years, I believe now. And St. Paul has carried us through some hard times. But not only that, you've not only become a church family, but you are my family. And so for that, I just want to say thank you. And before we get into this message today, let us bow our heads and let us turn to God. Dear Heavenly Father God, we come before you right now. We come before you, first of all, God, just to say thank you. Thank you for just being the God of our life. God, as we enter into this message, God, I have prayed and I have studied. I have studied and I have prayed. 
But God, it means nothing without your power. Send down your spirit right now. Send Jeffrey down the road, God. Send your spirit so that way preacher and people can be as one. And that one may cry out, I yield, I yield. What must I do to be saved? Thank you, God, for this moment. It is in your son's name that we do pray and give thanks. Amen. Our text today comes from James, the second chapter, beginning at the first verse. That's James, the second chapter, beginning at the first verse, 1 through 13. And it reads, my brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings in fine apparel, and there should also come a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing fine clothes, and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my footstool. You have you not shown partiality among yourselves? And become judges with evil thoughts. Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law, According to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder... You have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has no mercy, who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Our focus verse for, for today will be verse 12. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. I would like to use as a launching pad, as a title this morning, the blessing of walking it like you talk it. The blessing of walking it like you talk it. Let me put this pen in this post real quick to anybody that's probably under the age of 35. Listen, this is not a Migos sermon, okay? All right? This, and if you don't know who Migos is, don't go out and Google them in the parking lot because as my grandma would say, don't play that type of music on church ground. All right? So it's not a Migos sermon. This is the blessing of walking it like you're talking. All right? All right. In 1906, there was a man born by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he was born to an agnostic family. For those who are not familiar with the term agnostic, you may be more familiar with the term atheist, 
which means there is somebody who believes there is no God. But the agnostic does not go that far because they say they are not sure whether there is a God or not. They neither deny God nor do they claim faith in God. The psalmist tells us, however, it is the fool who says there is no God. Dietrich's father was a famous neurologist in Berlin, and rather than following his father's footsteps, as his family thought he would, he turned and began to study theology. He came to the United States in the 1930s to study at Union Theological Seminary, and while there, he fell in love with the African-American Baptist Church, namely the Abyssinian Baptist Church located in Harlem which was under the leadership of the Reverend Adam Clayton Powell. Bonhoeffer would later return to Germany and become a strong proponent to the ruling evil powers of that day, known as Adolf Hitler and the Nazi regime. Bonhoeffer was arrested and spent several years in jail before he was executed. Bonhoeffer is one of my favorite theologians. And anybody who's ever received an email from me, you know that because he has a tagline on there, one of Bonhoeffer's quotes that says, peace if possible, but truth at all costs. But one of the reasons why, among many, that he is one of my favorite theologians is because he wrote a book that was called The Cost of Discipleship. And in this book, he coined the phrase cheap grace. Cheap grace. And what he meant by this is that many have chosen grace. Many have chosen this faith walk, but few actually want to absorb the cost that is associated with this faith walk. It is baptism without discipline. But even as he lay in his jail cell at night, he wrote letters and papers from prison about the grace and that even though he was incarcerated, he understood that this was simply the cost that he had to pay to walk out this faith that he was living. It was this faith that he understood that he had to walk because he talked it, because he claimed this faith in Jesus Christ. His incarceration was not that of any demonic activity, but rather it was the cost associated with his faith. In other words, Dietrich Bonhoeffer understood that to claim this faith in Christ was a requirement that ultimately led him to walk it like he talked it. He was only one of many, such as the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who understood that there would be times in this life that not only words would be able to do, but there would be actions that would be required of this faith. My brothers and sisters, we must come to the realization that there is a cost associated with following Christ. I am afraid that today's preaching and teaching has led many of us to believe that there is no cost to be paid as a believer in this faith. That we claim to profess in this Lord Jesus Christ, but even Jesus says that if you want to be my disciple, then you must pick up your cross, deny yourself. And follow me. But I believe that we have cultivated a culture that says simply, you can do whatever you want. All you have to do is name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. And somehow we have eliminated any human responsibility from the equation and put all the responsibility on God. 
But I'm here to tell you today that if you need your blood pressure regulated, then simply naming it and claiming it will not regulate blood pressure. You can name it and claim it all you want here today, but if you leave here, go get you a pork chop sandwich, a side of macaroni and cheese, some collard greens that's been cooked in fat back, and, a, and also a sweet tea, then your blood pressure will not be regulated simply because you've named it and claimed it. But if you place your faith in Jesus Christ and then get you a diet and then also maybe go see a doctor because you might need a pill to go along with it. Now listen, I believe in science and God. That's for somebody who's doubting a vaccine, by the way, just so I can preference that. But you might need you a pill to go along with it because then you are now putting actions behind what you speak. My brothers and sisters, the question I have for you today, not to those who do not know Christ in the free pardon of their sin, but rather those who claim this faith, is do you walk this faith that you talk? Do you show the love of Christ that you claim? James in this book is writing to Jewish Christians to encourage them to live a life full of virtue living out the faith that they claim to have. James is not concerned so much with what the world is doing or the world's actions, but he is asking those who said they know Jesus, how does your faith walk look? I like James because unlike other writers in this book, James does not offer much in the way of theology as much as James peels back the very layer of our foundation. He peels back to see and ask, does your actions reflect what you say you believe? In other words, James gets all up in our business and disturbs our very being to help us understand that the outward action is a direct reflect of the inward faith. James, in this epistle, in this epistle uses what is known as paranesis throughout his book. Now, I understand paranesis is a $10 word. Now, anybody who knows me knows I very rarely use $10 words, and the words of the Late Dr. Hayward T. Gray, why use a $10 word when a 10 cent word would do? But because the, the Deacons Family Scholarship Ministry was so nice to award me a scholarship last year to help me through seminary, I figured I'd at least put one big word in here so they know that I'm learning something while I'm in seminary. Is that all right? Is that all right? Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. But paranesis, it simply comes down to this. It is wise counsel or ethical necessity that is given to help us live out better this faith calling. So what James is doing, he is giving us things that we need in our life to walk this faith the same way that we talk about it. But my question to you, my brothers and sisters, as I make my way to the body of this message is this. Are you walking the walk that you talk? Or is it just lip service that sounds good but has no real substance? But there is a blessing associated with walking the way that you talk. The first blessing in this text that James helps us to understand is that when you walk this walk of faith by more than words, then you begin to build bridges and not barriers. Let me say that again. James says it's a blessing to know that when you walk this walk, the way that you talk it, you begin to build bridges and not barriers. In this text, James lays out an illustration of a rich man and a poor man entering into the assembly. 
The rich man has on gold rings and fine linens while the poor man has on filthy clothes and perhaps even some type of smell. The rich man in his Tom Ford suit and his Stacey Adams shoes is given preferential treatment and a good place to sit. The, the message Bible says that he's actually given the best seat in the house while the poor man with his filthy clothes is told to sit on the back row or even the floor. James contends that by doing this, the church has shown unfair practices, favoritism, and even segregation. I'll admit I'll admit, I'll admit, I was perplexed by this, Reverend C. I'll admit I was perplexed by this. I was a little bamboozled, even a little befuddled, if you will. And, and I'll tell you why, because as you read down into verse 6, James says, don't the rich oppress you? And they drag you into courts and rob you blind? To understand James' argument, you then must understand where he is coming from. Most people in the church at this time were counted among the poor, the lower class. There was no middle class. There was just upper and lower. Oftentimes, the rich would take these people to court to change the rules, increase the rent on the land that they were. Somebody said, this sounds like where we live in today. They were literally being robbed by the very people that they were showing favoritism to. Somebody said, voting against your own interests. And so this, to me, is very perplexing because... Because how can you show favoritism to those who are robbing you? There is no way that a robber can come into my house and get better treatment than those who struggle day to day just like I do. So to me, to me, this is a very perplexing situation. I must admit, I looked at this text and I had to ask God, what is it in this text that I'm missing? I looked at different commentaries. I even listened to a few others who preached from this text. And nobody could really offer a solution to my question. So I was praying. I said, God, I don't get it. I don't get it. God said it's in the text. I said, well, God, I don't see it. He said it's in the text. I said, God, I don't see it. He said it's in the text. I said, God, I don't see it. He said, read the text. I said, all right, I'm going to read it. I read it once. He said, read it again. So as I looked at the text a few different times, I read the text, read the text, and I said, you know what, God, I'm going to have to walk away from this text because I still don't see it. I was driving, and I'll tell you what I was doing, Dr. Redman. I was listening to cooling water from Grandma's well, and all of a sudden, God dropped it in my spirit. He said, look down. The problem is, is that when you read the text, oftentimes we as preachers can rely on everything except for the text itself. As I looked over the text several times, I found the answer in verse 8. So it takes me a little while to get things. You have to excuse me. I'm a little slow like dripping water sometimes, but eventually the sink gets full. And so what happened in verse 8, James says, love your neighbor as yourself. The reason why the barrier was built instead of the bridge was an issue of love. And specifically, it was self-love. These people had been beaten down by the rich over and over and over again. Oftentimes, the courts were siding with the rich and not with them. These people had been beat down by life. And often, when you've been beat down by life, you look to try to reconcile by beating down others who you think are beneath you. And so this is what they were doing. This is what they were doing, and this is why they treated the poor man. It was an issue of self-love. But when you are confident in who you are and whose you are, 
you can find value in yourself. And then what, what, what often happens is that we are unaware that we are carrying unresolved emotional baggage. And we place our unresolved emotional baggage on those we perceive to be beneath us. Let me say that again. Oftentimes we are unaware that we are carrying around unresolved emotional baggage and because we have unresolved emotional baggage in ourselves, then we take those same unresolved emotional baggages and place them on other people but when you are confident in the personhood that God made you then you can find self-love and then the value becomes easier to give to other people when you love yourself, regardless if you're shaped like a Coke bottle or a milk jug, you can begin to build bridges and not barriers. When you have self-love, whether you have a full set of teeth, one tooth, or your teeth are on the nightstand, you can begin to build bridges and not barriers. When you have self-love, whether you have a full head of hair, somebody else's hair, or no hair at all, then you can begin to build bridges and not barriers. The problem with some of us is that we don't love ourselves enough, so what we do is we tear down other people to make us feel better about ourselves. But when you have love for yourself, then you're able to love yourself and give that love to others. Do I have anybody in the building right now that just says, you know what? I love myself enough to love you. I love me enough to love you. It's not about me, but it's about you. But if I don't love me, then I can't love you. So I need somebody just to say, I love me. And when you find that love, you will begin to build bridges and not barriers. James declares, if you're going to walk this walk of faith that you, have, that you proclaim, then you have to begin with othering, loving others as yourself. To me, this then suggests that you have to first find love for yourself. And then you can pass that love on to others. God created you to be confident in yourself. When you find and appreciate it, then there's a blessing in knowing that it's easier to walk this walk like you talk this talk of faith because you will build bridges and not barriers. The second thing, the second thing that this text teaches us that it's a blessing in this text is that not only do you begin to build bridges and not barriers, but there's a blessing to know that favoritism and faith do not mix. Favoritism and faith do not mix. James says that favoritism is not only wrong, but it's also a sin. The reason he makes this bold claim is because Jesus himself does not show favoritism, nor does he participate in segregation. So when you tell me somebody like a Bull Connor who taught Sunday school on Sunday mornings and then went out the rest of his day to sick dogs on people, then God is not a part of that foolishness. And I would dare say that when you gas people for a photo opportunity to hold up a Bible that you don't read, God is not a part of that foolishness either. 
Many actions have been taken to segregate and discriminate those who have no power. And James in this text just calls it what it is. He calls it a sin. There is no way that you can say you love God and then discriminate against your neighbor. James causes us to remember the royal law found in the Old Testament that says love your neighbor as yourself. But there was also a field preacher from Galilee that said, listen, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't like others doing it to you, then how can you turn around and do the same thing to other people? Doing it to them because of their skin color, their ethnicity, their sexual orientation, or even their religious beliefs. For James, in this text, God is not a respecter of persons. But yet we find James saying that the church has done the opposite of the very God that they claim to serve. Notice what I said. James did not say that it's the world who's doing it. He said it's the church. The question then becomes for us, what does your faith walk look like? But when we as believers in this faith begin to live our lives, not with ourselves in mind, but rather others, then we can find a blessing in knowing that no favoritism will be found in us because it's not found in the very faith that you practice. If you're going to walk this walk, then you have to have more than lip service. I believe Doc said it best last week when he said if you are convicted by the word but then there is no change in your action, then you have actually become a convict of your sin. But when the chains of favoritism are broken, somebody just declare break every chain right now. When the chains of favoritism and segregation have been broken, you can rest assured of the blessing of knowing that favoritism is not found within you. I told you I wasn't going to be before you long. I know somebody said they got, got the greens cooking. I'm almost done and the greens almost done. So y'all will make it home right on time. All right. All right. The third thing, the third thing that can bless you as you walk it like you talk it is knowing that mercy is on your side. In verse 12 and 13, James details our hope, our freedom, and our assurance that being a person who lives out this faith walk will be shown mercy in judgment. And I don't know about you, but I need all the mercy that I can get. James says that when we speak and do, we will be judged by the law of liberty, that mercy is ours to be had. But he also says that for those who show no mercy, and excuse me in my South Carolina vernacular, when you get up to heaven and you look at God face to face and you have shown others no mercy, then Lord have mercy. But there is a confident tone in the last part of this text because for James and for us, we can remember the words of Jesus in Matthew 5 and 7 that says, blessed are the merciful for they shall be shown mercy. If you want mercy from God, it requires that you give mercy to others. So when we put aside our own pride and selfish nature for the sake of bestowing mercy on others, then we become more like the Jesus that we proclaim. 
It was Jesus who was humiliated with lashes. It was Jesus who was not ashamed but bore our shame unto the cross. But it was also Jesus who gives us mercy from day to day. How radical then is it for Jesus to expect that we show that same type of mercy to our neighbors? How radical is it a concept that he says to love your neighbor as yourself? Not just talking about this faith, but a living, breathing faith that flows from the heart. As I close, as I close, as I close today, may you be reminded that the blessing of this entire text that James says is that when you show the same mercy that is given to you, mercy will triumph over judgment. We as believers can be confident that when we walk this faith, like we talk this faith, that mercy will be shown to us by God. When we will meet God face to face. So show no mercy. Show no favoritism. Learn to love yourself. Build bridges and not barriers. And give the same type of mercy that God gives to you to others. Because it will be counted to you on that great day. There is a blessing to be found when you walk it like you talk it. Be blessed. Amen. Amen. What a word, what a word, what a word. Oh my goodness, what a word. What a word, what a word. Thank you, Minister Jeffrey Stevenson. Man, what a word. You have helped me. Has anybody else been helped today? I mean, when I think about what he said, the blessing, the blessing of walking it like you talk it. What a word. Thank you. Thank you. That's a word for us today. And I pray that this word has blessed a lot of you, especially those of you who are watching us. If you're at home and you are, you've been blessed by this word, won't you let us know that you've been blessed by it? But I'm going to ask those of you who are here to stand up as I offer this invitation. You have to have to offer an invitation to discipleship after a word like this. After a word like this, because when you think about it, people come to church every Sunday. They have no idea what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But that's why we come. Many of us come because we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. God the Father. God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We don't just come out of habit. We come because we love Jesus Christ. Because he went to the cross and he died on the cross for our sins. We didn't have to die for the things that we have done. If the truth were told, many of us could tell stories about who they were before they gave their lives to the Lord. All of us have a story. We all have a beginning. We haven't always been cleaned up and dressed up. Christians coming to church every Sunday. We all have a before story. 
Oh, yes, we do. Come on. A before story. <laughs> before we met Jesus. Before we accepted him into our lives. Before we put him first in our lives. We all have a before story. But how many of us also have an after story? Hey, come on. I see those hands. I see the hands. I see the hands of the people that have an after story. The story after they accepted Jesus into their lives. After they gave their lives totally, totally and fully to Jesus Christ. You need a before story? <laughs> well, blessed, you need an after story. Hallelujah. But there are some people in here and who are listening to us and watching us who only have the before story. Or you're the people that I want to talk to right now. If you only have a before story, you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your heart. I offer him to you right now. I offer Jesus Christ. If you're tired of your life, the mess ups, the mistakes, I offer Jesus Christ to you right now. I'm not going to say that after you accept him, that you're not going to ever make a mistake. We all do, but having a relationship with the father, he's such a good father that when we mess up, he allows us to get up. Oh, and start all over again. He does not call us to be perfect, but he says that if you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, when you fall down, you can get right back up and start it all over again. So I offer Jesus Christ to you right now. If you don't know him, you've never accepted him into your heart. You don't have a relationship with him and you know it. I offer Jesus Christ to you right now. You can join this church through baptism. If you've never been baptized, you can be baptized. I say to you, you can be baptized here at this church so if you've never accepted Jesus Christ you've never you've never had a relationship but you want to join this church through baptism then you can be baptized here so I offer that to you that's my first offer for those who want to be baptized and you say well you know what preacher I've been baptized but I don't have a church home I'm disconnected I don't have a place that I can call home and I need a church home. Then I offer St. Paul Baptist Church to you. You say, I've already been baptized. You can join this church through Christian experience. You say, I, look, look I, I've joined the church before um, other places, but I've never joined this church. But we offer St. Paul to you. You can come and join this tribe called St. Paul Baptist Church. Have a great pastor. If that's you, amen, I see you. I see you coming. I see somebody coming right now. I see somebody coming right now. You can meet me right here. Meet me right here. Meet me right here. Hallelujah. There may be some more of you if you're here. Oh, my sister, my sister, you stay right there. Anybody else want to join this church? through Christian experience. You're disconnected. You've been going here, there, everywhere. Oh, listen, I see you coming too. Come on, come on, come on. Come on and connect. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on and connect right now. 
To God we give the glory. To God we give the glory. We're so excited that you're coming. There's some more of you in here this morning. If you're here, come on, come on and stand right here. Come on and stand right here. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Anybody else in here? Oh, help me, Jesus. Oh, listen, those of you who are watching us, we are so excited in the house right now because two have come here. Two have come here because they have made a decision. And we want you to make a decision. You need to type in the chat stream, baptism. Somebody will contact you. Type there, Christian experience. Somebody will contact you. Oh, hallelujah. To God we give the glory. Great things he is doing. Great things he is doing. Is there anybody else in this room right now? Anybody want to join us by baptism or through that Christian experience? Listen, I just want to say to these ladies right now, you've made a powerful decision. And we are excited here because of the decision you've made. Aren't we excited, everybody? Come on, let's give God some praise in here. Listen, this is a life-changing decision that you are making, and we are excited about it. What we want you to do right now is follow these disciples right here. They're going to take you in the back, and they're going to get some... Go back and get your purse if you want to. Go back, hurry, hurry, hurry. Go back and get that purse. That's right. Nobody, nobody is going to move a muscle let them go back and get their purses. We don't want to interrupt what God is doing right now. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Let's give God praise right now because God is doing something in the house. God is doing something in the house. And I believe it was because of that word. They want to make sure, oh, that they have the blessing of walking what they talk about. Amen. They don't want to be sideways like some of us. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Y'all know. Y'all know. Y'all know some of us have been in this thing for a long time, but to God we give the glory. Oh, come on. As our sister comes, why don't you give the God praise for her? Hallelujah. So glad. So glad that you have made a decision today. Thank you so much. Follow our disciples here and they'll take you and get more information from you. Oh, hallelujah. Have you been blessed today? Did the word help anybody? I know the word helped me. It helped me, it helped me, it helped me. I wanna pray for us before I have you to be seated. Father, I love you. I thank you so much, God. I thank you for this word, this word that has challenged us, this word that has caused us to look inward, to do some introspection. Thank you, oh God, for the word that helps us, that tests us, that causes us to rejoice because we know, oh God, if we make a decision for you, then God, we will begin the journey with you. We will begin to make sure that we are walking and talking the same way. Oh God, Forgive us for any of our transgressions. Forgive us, oh God. Forgive us. Forgive us, oh God. For God, we know that we've messed up. We've said some things. We've gone some places. But God, thank you because your mercy and your grace restore unto us the joy of our salvation. We love you so much. We honor you 
In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you have your seats in his presence? Oh, to God, we give the glory. Have we not had a great, great day? Oh, come on. We've had a great Sunday. Thank God for Minister Jeffrey Stevenson for that powerful word. Thank the Lord for all of you. Thank the Lord for our ushers who are here. Thank you. Thank you for those of you, our deacons, our first impressions who were out in the front checking us in. We thank the Lord for you. We thank the Lord for our parking lot attendants. Come on, let's thank you for them, our men of valor, as they help us to park safely. We are so grateful for what the Lord has done in our lives and what has happened. Thank the Lord for our choir. Come on. Oh, we got it. We can't, we can't stop. Oh, you all have been wonderful. You all have kept the service moving. Thank you for our ministers who are here. Thank you for every person that has helped our worship to be maintained as it has been maintained. Amen. Let us look to the Lord for dismissal. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding great joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and dominion. Amen. We're going to dismiss you row by row. Ushers are going to come here to the front and dismiss from the front to the back, from the front to the back. So please 